This episode is brought to you by MSP Cultivate. New challenges arrive on your desk every day. New trends in communications are popping up faster than you can follow them, and technology affects everything you do. Our friends at MSP Cultivate help you find the right strategy and execution to help you accomplish your most fundamental goal, engaging and connecting with your donors. To learn more, visit mspcultivate.com. From We Are For Good Studios, this is Fundraising is Funny. I'm Lynn Wester. And I'm Clay Buck. Every week, you can join us to share laughs and shocking case studies as we unpack the most ridiculous situations that happen within our sector. Because sometimes we just have to laugh at ourselves in order to learn. Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. (laughs) This is the podcast, and we're your people. We've got you, friends. We've got snacks, too. Because here's the thing. We believe in the power of generosity to change the world. And something tells us you do, too. At the root of each of these stories is a serious ethical question, a system or a structure or a person that allowed it to happen, or an outdated practice that is just ready for disruption. Now, don't worry. All the names here have been changed to protect the innocent. But the stories we share are 100% real life in the world of nonprofit fundraising. Because, come on. Fundraising is funny. Okay, let's go. Hello. Well, hello. I said hello. Hi. Have you ever been been at a conference and you're like, hey, everybody in the room kind of just looks at you? Yeah, but have you ever been in that room and then they go, oh, come on, you can do better than Um, that. And you're like, okay, if if there is an icebreaker, um, suddenly there's a session next door that I want to see. (laughs) And that's why I sit on the aisle or near the back, just in case, you know. And and yet you and I as speakers both know that how important an icebreaker is. It is kind of funny. Yeah. So, Clay, man, uh, I just... I, you Uh-oh. know, when oof. you say when you start something with, oh, Clay, man, oh. I know we're in for it. I, I have a story if you're game to hear it. I mean, <laughs> this is our podcast and it is the premise. So here we go. And everyone begins with, you know, we have a story. So, yeah. Wait, can so, you say no? Can you? I, oh, I, I could. Could. It would be an awkward podcast for the next 20 something yeah, minutes. It would. So thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> we're going to sit in awkward silence we're together. <laughs> you know, kind of like a staff meeting oh. when the big boss shows up. Oh. Ooh, that's... No, really. We want your input. We want to hear from you. So I have a story and yes. it happened a couple of weeks ago and I've yes. been kind of ruminating on it. Ruminating. I've tried to bring vocabulary here. Ruminating. Fundraising is funny, but mama got an SAT score. Well, but I, you, what? Okay. All right. I'm not going to go. Don't. Yeah, yeah, no. Don't right. do it. Ruminating. I'm with you. Ruminating yep, yep, yep. Uh, or noodling, as I like to call it. Mm. And... um. A client came to me a little crestfallen, another word. <gasps> crestfallen. You're welcome. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, a little crestfallen. They had just had their annual giving day. Uh-huh. It was a university, of course. Uh-huh. And she came to me crestfallen because they were doing their debrief. Is that when, like when you drop your toothpaste? Crestfallen. <laughs> <laughs> Colgate crashing. <laughs> Anyway, um, she was crestfallen because they had just had their giving day and they did a great job. And I was so proud of them. Mm -hmm. But of course, in the debrief, the Mm -hmm. big boss came Uh and wanted to join the debrief to give some feedback. Uh 
And so she was in the middle of talking about their numbers and how many new donors they acquired, how many donors had retained, how much money they raised, things like that. Uh-huh. And the big boss said, well, you know, <laughs> I, I am proud of the effort. However, oh, dear. University XYZ, who is one of their peer and aspirants, yeah. on their giving day, raised X amount of dollars and had this many new donors. And that is almost double of what we did. Oh, dear. And I'm not, and, and of course, they pulled the famous line, help me understand. Oh, okay. How come we didn't raise that much money or have that many donors. And so I asked her if she would mind sharing the name of the university. And so here I am to share it with you. Oh no, sorry. I'm not going to share that name of that university, but she shared it with me. And so I just did a little digging Uh and I knew how my client had counted their gifts. Mm -hmm. It was really clear. Um, It was, it was very much, uh, I would say above board, according to case guidelines and FASB. Case, the Council for Advancement and Support of Education. education we have this yep. thing called the Blue Book, and you follow the Blue Book, and John Ooh. Taylor is like, yeah, so. Is it like Kelly's Blue Book, and you can like value your. <laughs> well, you can value planned gifts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but. And we had, you know, they had done everything right. No gimmicks. No, you get socks if you give. All this to say, then I dug into the Peer and Aspirant Institutions Giving Day. Peer and Aspirant Institutions. You are a regular thesaurus today. I am on fire. In fuego. That's in fuego in Spanish for those of you who also are not polygots. And somebody can go to fundraisingisfunny.com and tell me what a polygot is. And, and for our Gen Z friends, it's lit. Lynn is lit. Oh, yeah. I'm litty. Yes. 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 So... I went and did some digging and found out that, let's just say University XYZ had some Uh, creative counting techniques. Oh, okay. And their numbers weren't being tallied in the same way that my client's numbers were being tallied. So it was kind of like blue book plus, if you know what I mean. Um, So it's funny because you'd think apples are apples and oranges are oranges. Until you eat a pluot and you don't know what the hell is going on in your life, (laughs) right? Because you're like, what is a pluot? And for those of you who've never had one, they're weird and delightful and weird all at the same time. And how come what's inside my orange is red? Like, talk to me about blood oranges, people. That will freak you out as well. (laughs) So all this to say that fundraising is funny because we do have some leaders who will do creative counting. Mm. And it's not, you know, I mean, up to them. But when you go to compare yourself, Mm -hmm. you have to really look at the parameters for the comparison. So are we talking, are we talking about how we track numbers and results? Are we talking about benchmarking? Are we kind of talking about both? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like Clay in your world. Well, yeah. So there's a million and one stories and yeah could go on for hours but like i think this might relate to your world as well because i've I've seen this done now a few times and it sort of makes my head hurt now when we say major gift and and people say we need to invest more in major gifts 
I mean, first I go, okay, well, what to you is a major gift and really, okay. And that I'm sure we have talked about in other episodes and just sort of, you know, beat into the ground. And when we say major gift, are we talking about an annual gift that we expect to get as part of our budget every year? And therefore we expect that donor to renew it again and again. Are we talking about a major gift that's for a specific project or a specific campaign? Right. Or, you know, like, like really let's put some definition to what we mean because... Um, what I sometimes see is um, major gifts is a separate budget line item. Yeah, all the time. And then I start to go, okay, well, okay, sure. And, but if I'm like, how exactly does that work? Because if I make a major gift, my gift goes into the separate budget line item. But if I was solicited for not a major gift and, my and my projections were in this like it gets messy. you're making my head hurt right precisely but, but also and then, why do we compare and then i get slammed into quote-unquote portfolio because this year i could afford to give it the major gift threshold but next year or last year i wasn't so where am i and like you know we're going in going oh gosh our just our our annual fund results are just terrible but our major gift number is through the roof well is it but um, but why are we also so comparative what is this benchmarking obsession like higher ed is absolutely obsessed with benchmarking and i'm like oh navel gazing you mean numbers lie now i am really trying hard because for the first 50 years of my life, I um, eschewed, there's a word, I eschewed, eschewed. physical activity and uh, the gym uh, culture. I have in the last year become a gym bro. And my trainer, to her credit, says to me frequently, the only person you have to compete with is who you were yesterday. Oh, I like that. Which for a while i sort of went yeah yeah okay me me i really like that but the more i've absorbed it right yeah and and we're adding weight on and we're you know at, i keep looking myself in the mirror going the only person i have to compete with is who i was, was yesterday. yesterday and i tell that because to that is that is the point of benchmarking the only competition the only thing that I have to strive for as a fundraiser is, am I better than I was yesterday? But then how come our leadership is absolutely frothing? So how come my friend experiences my client goes into her debrief meeting and her boss says, or her boss's boss says, well, so-and-so had their giving day and we didn't reach their numbers, even though they have no merit or basis of what their numbers are on even. Well, let me ask you this. We're going to talk about benchmarking comparison. How many snacks can you devour in a short sponsorship recognition break? Oh, let's find out. You want to find out? Yeah, I got. I need a snack. Do we need? Do we need to set a goal and a benchmark to get there? Or no, no, I'm fine all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, I cannot be trusted. <laughs> Taking a quick moment here to share more about our sponsor, GiveButter, the all-in-one nonprofit fundraising platform that's empowering millions of changemakers like you to raise more, pay less, and give better. Nonprofits use GiveButter to bring together multiple tools, including donation forms, fundraising campaigns, events, auctions, CRM, email marketing, text messaging, and more, all for free. 
thanks to their 100% transparent tipper fee model. As the number one rated nonprofit software company on G2 across multiple categories, including donor management and auctions, GiveButter is on a mission to power the next billion change makers. If you're a nonprofit, school, team, or any kind of group looking to raise money, sign up for your free GiveButter account to get started in minutes. Head to GiveButter.com to claim your free account today. So, so numbers do lie. Yeah, is what like, we're basically getting for example, to. Clay. Get, if me. I were to go to some of your organizations and ask <sighs> their fundraising leadership, "Hi, can you tell me what a first-time donor is?" <laughs> they would go unicorn uh, mythology. Rumor, rumor, rumor has it. Rumor has it. Okay, yes, a first-time donor. Yes. So, some organizations define a first-time donor as somebody who hasn't given in five or ten years. I might have to have another snack break on that one. <laughs> Some people define a first-time donor as like, oh, well, they gave to our unrestricted fund, but they've never given restricted. So now they're a first-time donor to a restricted fund. <sighs> Whereas me, I'm old school and simple. Uh-huh. Have they ever, ever, ever uh-huh. exchanged gifts, property, uh-huh. or otherwise things with your nonprofit before? First-time donor. Have they ever given before, right? I mean, you don't have to agree and nobody has to agree with me. I can't agree because um, I'm having a nap now because that just rocked me to sleep. So, yeah, um, no, 100% with All you. All I have to say is 100% what, with you. what one organization measures as a first-time donor and right. what I measure as a first-time donor can be two different things. Correct. This numbers lie thing comes up in many areas. Like, have you ever had the good fortune of having a conversation with somebody that runs an annual fund at a university and says, well, what counts in the annual fund? Yes. And then seven hours later, woken up from your nap and been like, oh, my God, that's an interesting what is annual giving? What is a major gift? So how like this numbers lying thing is important because people are put under so much pressure. We already have retention problems in our employees as it is. In our industry. Well, we have retention problems with our donors. We have retention problems with our employees. We have in- retention problems with our leadership. Sometimes I even have water retention problems, but that's I mean... a whole other issue. All this to say is, okay, so what does it mean? Have you ever seen an organization who had some numbers one year, and then when they got a new leader, they had completely different numbers the next year? I, I, I've made a pretty good career, <laughs> both as a frontline fundraiser and as a consultant dealing with that exact issue. So how do how do we understand how do we how do we combat the number blues? Here's the question. Here well, and 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 I think this is for uh, others to discuss at other higher levels. The question is, do we need to invest in standardizing numbers for the profession? Well, we have that, but nobody seems to want to follow well, them. Well, do we though? Do we do we some like, okay, so, you know, we have the case blue book and we have FASB accounting standards, but we don't have. I mean, just, and we have CFRE, like that says what a definition of certain things is. Sure. AFP has AFP, them AFP as the well. code of ethics and all that stuff. But right. n- n- nowhere does it say you have to account it this way. Otherwise, you're false. Have you ever looked up the formula for lifetime value? Which whose formula? There you go. Precisely. Right. There are at least five that I know of. Um, different calculations for lifetime value. So this reminds me, okay, so 
I was a kid once. I know, <laughs> hard to believe. I was a child. And Sometimes my, it's not, though. Sometimes it's I'm very, very, child. very believable. Still a child. <laughs> and my dad, of course, worked in the food industry. And all of a sudden, um, he, one day he came home from work and a work trip, um, and he was really upset. And mm. I couldn't figure out... Um, uh, why he was so upset and, um, he was mumbling and that's usually means that he's really upset. Uh-huh. And the year was 1988 through 1990. So that's a year in my life apparently. <laughs> but about that time, yeah, my dad came home mumbling and I said, what's wrong, daddy? As I ate my, you know, jello that my mom had carefully made for me that day uh-huh. after dinner. And he said, these labels, labels. And I was like, what's going on with the labels? And he said, they passed a new law that said that every food company in America mm-hmm. has to use the nutrition facts, same labels. Mm-hmm. Well, at the time he was the CEO of planners and, and uh, peanuts. And mm-hmm. that was going to cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars. Sure. And he had to redesign. He had to have all the packaging for the nuts and the snacks and the Uh, cheese balls and everything redesigned because they, regardless of the company, you have to have mm -hmm. the same label for nutrition on it. Uh So this, the, the, the reason I'm telling this story, is not just because I'm talking about my dad, who I love dearly and my mom, but shouldn't we all have the same nutrition label on our fundraising? Well, you know, but I mean, and this is a totally would standardizing help. This would it help? And this is tangential, but <sighs> forgive me. It's okay because the some of the people that I respect most, and I have always said, and will continue to say, the best friend, the best relationship that a development officer can have internally is with your chief financial officer. Amen. Do not at me. I don't want to hear it. We'll have we'll discuss it in a different episode, mm-hmm. but. Sure. Fundraising is about relationships. Yes. Fundraising is about relationships that bring in money. And yeah. if you and the financial officer are on the same page, your job, your life, everything is going to be a lot easier. But we have financial officers who come from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I would very much like to um, encourage boards and leadership and CEOs to bring in financial people with specific experience in nonprofits. Yes. CFOs that have never been around fundraising before do not understand the complexities and the issues around nonprofit accounting and what needs to go in it just as simple as just as simple as how you record a pledge, because (laughs) I will be, you know, what if I am not counting that five years of payments, I know you accrued it in year one, but it's still okay for me in year two, but simple of soft credits. I had a CFO, a very good, very talented CFO, but I had a very uh, CFO tell me one time that soft crediting was the most unethical thing she had ever heard of. I know, right. Then how do DAFs and community found, private found? Precisely. Precisely. Well, no, no, no. A DAF is just a checkbook, so you can record it to the donor's account. Oh. No. <laughs> and all this to say. Fortunately, I resigned before the smart, audit happened. Smart, so I have no idea what happened there. But anyway, uh, no, my, my point is, could we standardize that? There's a vocab word. Look that up in your fucking wagons. Yeah, that's like strategery. Strategery. The dot. Does anybody else remember look that up in your fucking wagons? Heck yeah. 
Laughing? Strunk and White, too. Strunk and White. But mm, the, for those of you who are rivals. listening that don't remember Laughing, please search out episodes of Laughing, Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Trust me, you have never seen anything as funny. Anyway, um, and sometimes <laughs> fundraising offices are a little bit like a Laughing episode. I feel like our podcast is a little bit like a Laughing episode. I mean, I have worked with marketing people that are Joanne Worley, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and database admins that are Goldie Hawn. But that's a whole other story as well. What's our punchline? What's our punchline clay i standardizing across the sector i don't know i think that would be huge and who is the arbiter of that i think the punchline is know your numbers for yourself benchmark sure compare and see what others are doing but understand the differences and the nuances and don't compare yourself to an organization that isn't doing the exact same thing you only have to be better than or as good as your last year. Agreed. And here's the other thing. If you know your numbers and when you get educated on your numbers and the industry, and my punchline is this, stand up for your numbers yes. and know. And you know what? In in my world, the yes. peer and aspirants, blah, blah, blah. Know how they count. Know yes. their ins and outs. You know what I mean? Like, really think about what that means for your organization. Because if somebody walks in the door and says, you're not doing as good as someone else, but you know that their numbers might be conflated, for example, or maybe they took a dollar amount off of every registration and counted it as a gift or mm -hmm. that their definition of first time donor and your definition of first time donor are different. Speak up. Knowledge is power. Can I offer a piece of tactical advice? Oh, I love it. Tactics and practice. Let's go. I don't know where that came from. It's our new jingle, though. Dashboards. Dashboards and CRMs mm. out of the box may not be set up the way you think about them. And I know too many mm -hmm. folks that trust their dashboard without knowing what goes into it. So make sure that somebody at your organization knows exactly what is going into those dashboards so that when you are reporting on them, you know what you're talking about. That's, mm. That is where we will fall apart every time is if we don't know the numbers, right? If we don't know our numbers backwards and forwards and what goes into them. So again, the takeaway, know your numbers, know what you're measuring for you, measure what matters. Have you had one of those situations that you want to share with us where somebody has used numbers either against you or just not in a way that made sense for you? And you were like, how do I battle through this? How do I think yeah. about this? Let us know. We're, we want you to share. You can go to fundraisingisfunny.com and, you know, we yeah. can talk through that with you. Um, you can join our community and, and really, you know, walk through what are those challenges? Like, do you have a funny story? about data, maybe where numbers got messed up and you were like, dun, 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 and then the numbers were like, yeah, no, you know, or because we've all done that. We've all, you know, had that moment where or you're like, the, you know, how about the great number story, right? Yeah. Tell where us you, a triumph where you yeah. used numbers and you were like, take that. Hiya! Or you, you walked in, you walked into some meeting and you had your numbers and you knew them backwards and forwards and you right right and you knew what you were talking about so you weren't shook at all you know so shook. shooketh exactly be not shooketh knoweth thy data I feel like that would be in gothic script and should be a tattoo or a face sticker it we need to get you some help <laughs> so on that, on note, that note we will see you next time thanks everybody take care.